Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Should the Rays have hung on to pitcher Blake Snell, I mean, at least another year to defend their American League title? And what are the Lightning's chances of defending their Stanley Cup without Nikita Kucherov? We'll discuss all that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist at the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute of Media Studies on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, Mr. Empanana would like to wish all of you a happy new year, a happy 2021. You know, you still have plenty of time to celebrate together with your family and any gathering that you might have should include some of their mini empanadas or how about some Cuban sandwiches? Mr. Empanada really appreciates their customers. They'd like to show you their eagerness to move on to 2021. Just order online now at mrempanada.com or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay where Latin food quality and service meet. It's Mr. Empanada. All right, Tom Jones joins us now and uh, Tommy this came as a, maybe not a surprise is the right world word or world, um, but certainly something that uh, made headlines all over baseball. And of course, uh, the Rays are doing that of late. But they went ahead and they traded Blake Snell, or in the process of trading Blake Snell to the San Diego Padres. We can get into who they're getting back: uh, Luis Patino and uh, catcher uh, Francisco Mejia, among others, prospects. That is, and it's a it's a considerable payroll savings. We know that. But I have to tell you, you know, Charlie Morton moves on to the Atlanta Braves, um, got a big contract there, much like the one that the Rays had paid him. They they made a calculus that they weren't that he wasn't worth that or that he could get he made a decision he could get more money elsewhere. Uh, but then they let Blake Snell go, who, you know, given his Cy Young Award uh, a few years ago and the way he pitched in the World Series, really the way he pitched maybe last year. Um, was still a, a team-friendly deal, if you will, in terms of what his market value would be. They had control of him for three more years. John Romano wrote this in Tampa Bay Times. I, I, I want to get your opinion on sort of where you fall on this, but did the Rays seem to have maybe more of a responsibility after where they finished winning the American League to try to defend that title by trying to keep as much of the band together as they could, particularly when it comes to a frontline pitcher like Blake Snell. I, I get what you're saying. And I get that argument, but I'd also say who's to say that they're going to be any worse than they were a year ago, because we see this all the time with this right. organization. They make move after move after move. We criticize it. And then the next year they come out and they win games. I remember writing a column a couple of years ago saying, Hey, good for the race for tanking. This is how they got rid of Longoria and Jake Odorizzi and Steven <laughs> yeah. Souza jr. And, and I said they lose a hundred. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And I'm like, they're, and they came back and they won more games they, and they won the division. Uh, they won ninety. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, wh- whenever we look at this team, say, oh, here we go again. Well, what is the again? Like, right? Because the, the again in the past has been, folks, good. they're going to be better next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I get it, Rick. I get, the, I get the whole 
fans are getting tired of seeing guys who look to be in the prime of their careers or not even in the prime of their careers being traded for guys that might be good in another year or two. I get the frustration. But let me – let me. I have a little pet peeve before we go on with the rest of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear about your and hear what you think of the trade. Mm-hmm. Here's my pet peeve, because you and I we pro, we do this all the time. We we see some, some big news and we go to Twitter and we see the reaction from people around the country. Here's my pet peeve, and this is what annoys me. I'm going to be sarcastic. I just love how people who aren't from Tampa Bay who don't follow the Rays, who are not Rays fans or Rays followers in any way, telling people who live in Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay fans what it's like to be a Tampa Bay Rays fan. In other words, I hear this from people, oh, this is why it's awful to be a Rays fan, because they trade Blake Snell. And they're not from here. They're from Los Angeles, and they're from New York. And they're telling us how we're supposed to feel about the Rays. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and I, I read this today, it's like, oh, it sucks to be a Rays fan. And this is from somebody who's not a Rays fan. And I felt like saying, you know what didn't suck? Last year's postseason. You know right. what else didn't suck? All of last season, actually. Yeah. And what didn't suck was the World Series, except right. you know, except for games they lost. But they let the Rays were in it. So let me just start off by saying I am sick and tired of people who don't live here, who yeah. don't follow the Rays, telling us how we should feel about the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, if you live in Tampa Bay and you got a problem with this trade and you're a Rays fan and I say, I don't like it. I love Blake Snell. I don't get why they're trading him. I'll listen to you all day long, but don't tell me it sucks to be a Rays fan if you're not from here and you don't get what they do, you know? Yeah, no, I, and, and, and listen, there was a, um, a, a baseball writer. Um, yeah, I saw I didn't go recognize. get him. You go get him, Rick. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't recognize his name at first. And then I, then I looked up his profile um, and he covers the Los Angeles Dodgers coincidentally enough and and his basic comment was something along those lines it was to the extent of like you know this is what's wrong with baseball you know in general um and the rays i guess in particular he was commenting on the fact that you know they didn't re-sign blake snell and i'm like you know the thing is is that you're sitting there covering a franchise with andrew friedman by the way who knows all about how the rays do business that can go and purchase any player, anytime, anywhere, including Blake Snell, if they really want him. Okay, exactly. And it's it's just it's just funny, and I'm with you on this. It's it's ironic that everybody knows what the Rays should do, and everybody knows how bad they are with baseball or how bad they are for baseball. And this this goes back to the whole, you know, there there is a civil war going on right now in the game, as you know, Tom. Right. And that is that. There's a bunch of guys, and it kind of goes back to Moneyball a little bit if you watch that movie with Brad Pitt. But it's kind of like there's a bunch of people that feel like, you know, the nerds have taken over the game. And this this even goes, you know, specifically to Blake Snell and specifically to the sixth inning of game six or the fifth inning, whatever it was, um, when, you know, Kevin Cash came and got him, right? Right. Because it was like, oh, here we go. You know, the analytics say he's supposed to come out, and that's what's wrong with baseball, and you should have known – it's a feel thing. It's a game played, and we've we've you know obviously beaten that horse to death. But the, but this is all part of it. Is like there is the, everybody knows how the Rays should do business, except they're not the Rays. And the Rays last time I chance you know you're you're exactly right. They beat the the Yankees in the playoffs. Right. You know the evil empire, the team with the most money. Um, they beat the Houston Astros. Okay, the team that cheated with a hell of a lot of money that that could also purchase pretty much any player they wanted. 
and they took the Dodgers to the brink. I mean, who sure. knows? You know, if, if they managed to get out of game six, I, I'd give them a really good shot in game seven. Um, it didn't happen for them, but at least they were there. And you know who wasn't there? The rest of the American League. Exactly. And the, and so I'm with you. I'm willing to give them this, this you know, they've, they've earned the right to trade Blake Snell from a franchise standpoint, from an organizational standpoint. I would grant them that. From a fan standpoint, I don't know, Tom. You know, it's unfortunate. Of course, I've always said we can't have nice things. You know, you might know the year that the – Lightning hoist the Stanley Cup in the year that the the Rays go to the World Series. Not a damn fan can even enter a building to watch them play. And that is tragic. Right. That was tragic for those franchises, um, particularly the Rays, right, who who do struggle to get, you know, fans in there. And, and don't tell me they're not good because I went and looked it up. Since 2008, they won 90 games or more seven times in 12 years. And then last year went 40 and 20. And won the American League. Well, I don't know so, the exact the. I don't have the exact numbers, but it's something along these lines. Since Stu Sternberg, who by the way everybody seems to hate, has right. bought since he bought the Rays, I think they have a better record than twenty five other teams in baseball over that span. Mm, that since, sounds about right. And since two thousand eight, the number's even higher as yes. the number of teams. By the way, just real quick to read the tweet. You can get back mm-hmm. to your point in just a second. Yes, the tweet absolutely. that this uh, Jorge Castillo, I believe, is the guy. That's name. who it was. Yeah, he says, and this is this is the tweet: A team just traded one of the best pitchers in baseball in his prime on a below market contract after going to the World Series for some prospects, and we've reached a point where it's just accepted, even praised. That seems like a problem. And you came back. I'll look up yours in a second. Yes. But, I mean, your your basic response back was the same. Though the problem is that you're that you're passing judgment on that while you cover a team that can go out and get pretty much anybody. Look, they won the World Series last year in great deal in part to the fact that one of the best players in baseball suddenly became available, and there were like five teams in all of baseball that could afford to take him, and that was Mookie Betts, and then they signed him to a long-term deal. That's a problem when you have the best players in baseball and only five or six teams really are in on it. You know, and so if we're not going to have a salary cap, which I have no problem with, if we're not going to do a salary cap, I'm cool with that. But if we're not going to do a salary cap, then you can't complain when other teams do what they have to do, which means shift, which means try openers, which means trade guys on uh, team friendly contracts, doing whatever it takes to win. Because at the end of the day, how else? What do you want them to do? Lay down? You want them to keep Blake Snell until they can't afford him? And then he goes off to the Dodgers and you're sitting there with a bunch of uh minor leaguers that are no good because you couldn't build up your farm. So this is how they do business. So I, I'm with you, Rick. I understand the Blake Snell aspect of it. Did you like rooting for guys when you and I were kids, for instance, we, we, the big red machine, it was the big red machine for 10 years. The Los Angeles Dodgers had the same guys for 10 years and the pirates team that I grew up with, they had the same guys for 10 years. And that's not the way the Rays are going to work, Rick. It's just, it's just not how it operates, but they got to do what they got to do to survive. Now, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Let me ask you. Well, before this. you do that, before yeah, you ahead. do that, let me just my I found my response to to oh, Jorge yeah, Castillo yeah, yeah, or yeah, George. I'm not sure how I pronounce his name, but I just said you know because you're right. He said the team that just traded one of the best pitchers in baseball in his prime uh, at a below market contract after going to the World Series for some prospects, and we've reached a point where um, it's just accepted, even praise seems like a problem. And what I said was, or maybe 
It's a small market team trying to survive and doing business the way they always have. The template that made the Rays a World Series team against one that can write a check for any player in baseball. Just spitballing. I mean, it's ironic that he covers the the Los Angeles Dodgers and is saying this. But, yeah, to your point, I think here's, here's, here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say. I think the fans deserve a chance to get to enjoy their players uh, in their prime. I think it's difficult on a fan base, even if it's good for, even if it's good business, right? Even if it's the way they must do business to some degree, and it might produce winners. I think it's really hard for the fan base every two or three years when they get a superstar or they get a Cy Young award, they get somebody like this, that they, that it's inevitable that, that, you know, don't get attached to them because they're leaving. Um, I think that's hard on a fan base. I really do. But you know what else is hard? Losing. <laughs> right. I, and, I, and, that's the problem. And, you can't. You can't have both. You can't I was have reading, both. I was right. reading a. Uh, there, here's another tweet again from an outsider, right. Howie Rose, who yeah. is a. You know, he's a longtime announcer. He lives right. in New York. I think. He, I think he covers the Mets or, or calls games for the Mets. And he, and here was his tweet: The Blake Snell tweet, trade is a perfect example of why expansion cannot be considered until existing houses are in order. The Rays are a great baseball organization, but their necessary business model benefits no one. Move or face contraction. This is not good for the game, he says. And then later he says, here's one of the biggest problems as I see it. How can you, this is sort of goes to your point, Rick. How can you grow the game with young fans in a market where those kids can't, quote, grow up with a player? There for a few years, gets too expensive, then he leaves. Lather, rinse, repeat, it gets old. Salary caps have the same effect. So what he's arguing is we can't have salary caps. You also you can't, can't have free agent. You also can't have free agency. Right, if that's so what you're, if that's your compete? point. How am I well, supposed to it, compete? Or, right. or am I not supposed to? We'll leave you're it for the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees. That's correct. To play. That's, you yes. big boys play, and I can't. That's right. And you right. get mad because I'm beating your game. What do you want me to do? Right. You, you, you get to be the can, the old Kansas City Royals or, or the old Oakland A's when, you know, they couldn't, they'd have one or two good, good players. Um, and everybody loved them, but you know what? They lost 110 games a year. I mean, that's the alternative here. And, and by the way, if that's what we're talking about, you know, it's not fair. Well, okay, let's do away with free agency too, because you know, there was probably a lot of, of fans of, I don't know, the Nationals that didn't want to see Bryce Harper go to the Phillies. What about those poor national fans? Right. You know, right. are we bleeding for them too? I mean, so, you know, it, player movement was established a long time ago. I think Kirk Flood helped that situation. But, um, and, and, I, and I, look, I don't disagree. Like, it, it's, it's a total bummer if you're a Rays fan. It's a total bummer. But haven't they earned the right um, to trust what they do that will, it will be successful? Now, in the short term, I don't know that it will be, but what if it is? And what if they know something about Blake Snell? Well, see, you mentioned that right there, Rick. And I here's 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 the conversation that I imagine going on between the Rays and the Padres, where the Rays called up the Padres and said, "Hey, hey, you guys want Blake Snell?" And they're sure, <laughs> we love Blake Snell. Okay, What's Blake wrong with Snell, him? <laughs> this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and they go, "Yeah, that's a." Uh, hold on, we'll get back to you. And you hang up, and you're like, oh, something's wrong. Something's up. Exactly. Because the last time I heard all this griping and bitching and moaning about, oh, the Rays, this is a shame what they do. Chris Archer was headed to Pittsburgh, and the Rays were getting Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now in return. Right, right. And now, and that's the other point. Like, which trade, which trade didn't work out for these guys? 
Name, give me the trade that, well, that they bombed I mean, on. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, didn't didn't Willie Adamas come as part of that 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 three way trade with uh, the Tigers and, yeah, for David, and Price. David Price? Right. And you, you know, know what? They're going to trade Willie Adamas at some point in the next year or two, and we're all yeah, going to say, oh, well, here we go." And then Wander well, Franco is going to Wander Franco. You know, right, right. And these this idea of these team friendly contracts. And they said, well, they had them. The, the Rays had Blake con, uh, Snow under control, control for the next three more years. years. Yeah. Look, these deals aren't made to keep these guys. These deals are made to make them more valuable in trades. San Diego jumped all over this because it's a, it's, that's a team-friendly for them. For it's them. a bargain, yeah. Right. And so these team-friendly contracts, they aren't necessarily a benefit to the Rays at the moment, although they can be. Right. But I mean, if you look back, Rick, the one trade that may not have worked out as well as they wanted it to, was when they traded Evan Longoria. And I'll be honest with you, the reason it didn't is because they didn't get great back. And the reason they didn't get great back is I think they hold on to Longoria. Longoria a little too long. long. Right. And what has Longoria's career become once he left here? Yeah. I mean, he's playing for a bad team that doesn't go anywhere. And, just, and he hasn't played much, and he hasn't right. played well. But you I know, just, he's had a you know, I'm looking at you know, how he rose from the, from the Mets, ripping into, and I'm looking at the, what the Mets have done since 2008, and I see a lot more 70 win seasons than I do 80 win seasons. They haven't won; they've won 90 once in all that span, and they went to the World Series that year, and you know, and it did not win it. So I don't know. Like I said, I if if you live in Tampa Bay and you have a problem with this trade, I'll listen to you. I get it. I understand you like Blake Snell, but let me ask you this about Blake Snell. And this is I'm, this is going to be totally unfair what I'm about to say, and not, I'm kind of cheating here to make an argument. But if we throw out the Cy Young season. Yeah. The greatest season he ever had. Well, okay. I know. I, this is kind of like saying, <laughs> look, I bought five lottery tickets last week. And other than the one that I hit for $2 million, <laughs> the other ones didn't pan I out. I blew all that money on the other right, ones. Right. Yeah, it was a total waste of time. <laughs> but I will, But if we just throw out that, I know wins and losses aren't the be-all, end-all anymore in baseball. They're, they're less significant than they used to be. But yeah. he's a below 500 pitcher if we if – we, um, if we throw out that Cy Young season, and even if you keep the Cy Young season, like Rick, I like Blake Snell. This isn't dump on Blake Snell because he just got traded. But if you follow the Rays closely, I think, and this is the same thing happened with Chris Archer, although Blake Snell's a way better pitcher than Chris Archer was. But I think that Blake Snell's reputation outside of Tampa Bay is greater than his reputation here. If you watch him pitch, Game in and game out. And I know we all look back at game six of the series and go, oh, he was cruising. He could have gone seven, eight, eight innings, blah, blah, blah. We watch him in a regular season, Rick. You and I watch him every start. And there are a lot of nights where, like, this guy's killing me. He can't get through the fifth inning. He's got 106 pitches. He's he, third time through the order, he's getting beat up. So I'm not, I'm not dumping on him because, hey, he's gone now. Let's, let's all try to make this make look like a good deal. But at the same time, I kind of feel like uh, I don't I don't I don't know that he's as good as everybody's cracking him up to be, particularly if you are outside of this market. First of all, and he get rid of his Cy Young Award. It's like saying if you got rid of, of, of you know, my greatest year at eighteen years old, would I look back on my life and think it was very no, fun? I, like I said, <laughs> I, no. It, to me it's I, like a, it's I like I have gone to college. tickets and one of them. Well, here's the thing, like if I didn't I've told people this because, you know, I felt bad for everybody in the pandemic in the spring, you know, the high school kids didn't get to play at all. And I, I've said this before in this podcast that if you took away my senior year, I don't go to college, Tom. Right. 
No, I'm I, not talking to you on this podcast. Like seriously, it doesn't happen because I needed that senior year to finally everything kind of you know that right before it and Legion Ball and then my senior year, I it clicked right and I right. I started playing well and I don't get to, I don't get to go to school. My parents weren't going to send me to college. I mean, you know, come on. Um, and so yeah, but no. To your point, look, nobody knows the Rays better, or nobody knows Snell better than the Rays. Okay, they drafted the kid number one. And I think he's done everything and then some that they had hoped he would do. You know, you, yes. there's a plenty, you know, the the, the uh, insurance industry is full of first-round pitchers that didn't make it, okay? Right. And nothing against the insurance industry. You could say any any industry. My industry. Yeah, well, guys who aren't playing baseball. Journalists, yeah. Yeah. Guys that aren't playing ball that were drafted in the first round, didn't fulfill their promise, maybe got that injured, whatever. Okay, a couple of things that bothered me about Snow. Um one is I don't think his maturity level matches his talent. And what I mean by that is he's a different cat. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe in a good way, but maybe not so in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Like um I I I get the sense first of all, he's he's supremely talented. He's got four ridiculous plus pitches. But you know what his problem is? He's extremely talented and he's got four ridiculous plus pitches. I almost wish he I almost wish he had like two, you know, <laughs> yeah. because he's in love with all of them. Right. And maybe that's what it takes to be great is that, you know, um I'm never satisfied. I'm uh, you know, I got a fastball and a slider or I got a fastball and a changeup or I got a slider and a curve. I mean, whatever. Um and and he has managed to, you know, to teach himself and and command four unbelievable pitches. But if you and I, we used to do this with with Chris Archer. Give me a Chris Archer typical stat line for Chris Archer on a good day. Uh, I mean, a typical day for Chris Archer: five and two thirds. Yep. Uh, nine hits, mm-hmm. four runs, three of them earned. Right. right. Eight strikeouts, five walks, right. one hundred and twelve pitches. Yeah. Exactly, and the, and the line about Chris Archer was always that, you know what? If you needed, if he, you needed him, if you. If you needed him to hold the other team to four runs, he was going to give up five. And if you needed him to hold them to five, he was going to give up six. I mean, that's sort of the way it was with him, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. And he was never going to go deep into games because and, – and, and, and Snell pitches much the same way. I think Snell this past year, if I'm not mistaken, threw more pitches per batter than any, any, any pitcher in the American League. He threw like four-point-something pitches per batter because – he he doesn't get deep into games because he uses all his pitches. He doesn't attack hitters. Um, you know they they're smart enough not to swing at it and let him get behind them. Um, and so what I'm saying is, I don't know that he's I don't know that he's going to win 20 games again. I don't know that he's going to win 15 or 16 games again. You know, and winning's not the only thing. I get that because a lot of things go into wins and losses, but. Maybe the Rays know a little bit more about him than everybody else. You know, maybe yeah, they do. I, I mean, they I also don't... he may go and win. He may win a Cy Young in San Diego. He I might. Hope he does. Yeah, he might. And you're right about it. he's a different type of cat. I don't think he's a bad dude. Like he's no. not a bad clubhouse. He's not a bad. No, teammate. no, no, no. He's well liked and and, right. uh, and all that. But but he's also like you know he's and there's nothing wrong with this. It's sort of his age thing. Like you know he's the guy that stays up playing the video games and that's fine. Um, yeah, he's every bit of do. 27 years old or whatever. But yeah, but he has, you know, and I think he wants to be great. Um, he said he wants to be the best left-hander in baseball, and he's pretty much close to that. But I, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know that the franchise is going to fall apart. Now, 
What I do think is this. Where where I think Romano makes a good point is, is this the time to do it? And, you know, they've set the bar so high because of Chris Archer, right, that now I don't know how many teams want to deal with the race, right? Like, you dealt Chris Archer and you got Glass now and you got Meadows and you got all these guys. And so now that becomes the race standard. They're almost competing against themselves at this point. Yeah. Right? Like, can you get the haul that you got for Archer? for a better pitcher from Snell. So my guess is that they felt like if we hold on to this guy, like this is the highest his mark is going to be. Absolutely. Went to a World Series, pitched really, really well in big games, right? He's never going to be hotter, okay? So if you want to maximize the value for a guy that you feel like you're going to have to get rid of anyway, I mean, let's face it, he wasn't going to play out his contract and be a free agent. Right. You know, the they, were, you get to the end of that contract, the, the – Lower the less value, value you're going to have, right? Yeah. Because they're not. Because, like to your point, they're not. They don't have his control. The new team for three years, right? At a, at a below market value. So this is what this is what the Rays do. And they did it and, smart, Rick. What you do is you take a guy like this whose stock is as high as it's going to get, and maybe maybe mm-hmm. it would have been higher after the Cy Young year, whatever. But it's still pretty good. And right. and then you identify a team. That is that wants that needs a pitcher to what they think needs a pitcher to put him over the top. San Diego's close. Now. They or yeah. at least they believe they're close. Right. And the only way that they well, can compete with the Dodgers is to go out. This is like getting a free agent for them. And yeah, you're if you think you can compete now, you're willing to give up some pretty talented prospects, which is hello, exactly sure. What they that's a look. They did the same thing with the Pirates. The Pirates were at a stage, and the Pirates, of course, were nowhere. We look back now, it's silly that they thought Chris Archer was going to somehow put him over, put the, him top. over the top. Yeah. But at that moment, they were. If you look back at the season they made the deal for Archer, they thought they were still kind of in it, and they were trying to show the fan. They were trying to show their fans we're in it to win it, and we're going to go out there and get somebody. And and all next thing you know, he's like you're giving up way more than you should give up. And you went, you trade. They like they were down on Glass now. They didn't think Glass now was going to turn into what he is. And there, and we can get into that. The Rays need Glass now to 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 amp it up a little bit now, and. But and Austin Meadows, like, okay, we got to give up something to get something. That's how you. That's why. That's why you end up making these trades. But this idea that somehow this is bad for baseball, and yeah, I would. Love, would be great if the Rays draft the guys and they played here for twelve years. That's those days are gone. That's nineteen seventies baseball. It doesn't happen anymore. Nobody stays right. with the same team anymore. I mean, it's a right. little. And I, I'm, not, I'm, we're of that age. I'm, a, I'm John Romano's age, and I, I get it. But at the same time, we, we got to the baseball's different now. It's just different, and it might be worse than it used to be. But I, it's funny. Years ago, I covered the Minnesota Wild, and Jacques Lemaire was the head coach, brilliant coach, and he's the guy that invented the neutral zone trap. Was it boring to watch? Yeah. Was it bad for hockey? Mm, you could make that argument. But he got asked about it every time he went on the road somewhere. And someone says, ah, Jacques, this neutral zone trap. He goes, everybody's complaining about it. I'm trying to win games here. I got my best player, my second best player is going to score 12 goals this year. What do you want me to do? Like, while you guys are complaining about how boring the game is, I'm trying to keep my job. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep my job here. And I can open it up. And we, you know what? We'll get into shootouts and we'll lose 7-2. to two, And I'll be mm-hmm. out of work. But you know what? The game will be good. I hope you're happy. I, I'm trying to win here. What do you want right. me to do? If you don't like it, give me better players. <laughs> but right. this is how I have to do it. That's a great it's a great perspective because everybody everybody knows what's good for another team, right? You don't 
you know, you don't get to make those decisions. Um, the other thing I'll say, and, and we don't know this, and I don't look, I'm not intimating anything here necessarily, but I'll just say that, you know, in 2019 is, is when he had the arthroscopic elbow surgery. And obviously he came from that. Okay. Right. But do you know that since he came back from that, he's made 21 starts. Do you know he's not gone six innings since? Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. And maybe yeah. some of that is Kevin Cash, you know, well, oh, cause Kevin Cash was pulling him out of games early. But I also. Oh, it could oh, definitely be the Rays way. They could have left him in those games, I'm but sure. I'm telling but you, I also, you and I I'd be willing games. to tell you he's, I'm willing to tell you he had 100 pitches in most of those. I, I will not take that bet. I will. I agree with you 100%. And that's what I'm saying. You and I have watched these games. And everybody mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay has watched these games. And again, this is not dump on Blake Snell Day. I like Blake Snell. No, I, let's make it dump. In fact, what is today? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, December 28th is now, as forever we do this podcast, as, forever known as Dump on Blake, Blake Snell Day. That's <laughs> right. Why not? We need another just, holiday. Just, Something I between think, Christmas and New Year's would be a good time for a holiday. That's right. Yeah. And, dump on and Blake and Snell gonna, Day. I, maybe he'll go. Maybe this trade will, will backfire. Maybe the guys they're getting back will turn out to be bums. Maybe the pitcher they're getting will have Tommy John surgery before the end of February. Who knows? But this, we should, you, as you mentioned when you introduced this whole topic, we shouldn't be surprised by this. I wasn't stunned by it. I saw it on Twitter on Sunday night or whatever, Monday morning at 1 a.m. or whatever when Mark Topkins tweeted yeah. it out. And I was like, oh, yeah, Blake Snow. That yeah, sounds right. You know how you know when a deal backfires, though, Tom? is when the confetti falls on the guy's head, okay? Like, you know, when Steve Young ends up in the Hall of Fame, that right. deal backfired. Sure. Okay? Um, Jameis Winston, did getting rid of him backfire? Well, not yet. He's the third-string quarterback on the Saints, and I still get in arguments with people all the time. They want Jameis Winston to be the quarterback here. Um, so, you know, if the Padres, God bless them, beat the Dodgers, which I don't think they will, but if they if they win the National League and, and win the World Series and he's on the mound, it backfired. You know, depending on what the Rays do, unless the Rays are playing against them. Um, but how often does that really happen? Would you say the David Price deal backfired on the Rays? No. No, I don't think I mean think David Price wasn't he part of a World Series team? He won a World Series. Yeah, he, yeah. he was on, he was a World Series champion. Right. Um but, but did did anybody say, Well, see if you had kept David Price, you it could have been you. No, I don't think they were more than that. one David Price away. Exactly, they're always more than one David Price away. I guess you, yet, here's I do, the other argument I do you can get make. It. Rick. Let, let let me let me ask you this: If you're a fan of the Rays, would you prefer? Because the Rays seem to be trying to sort of sort of split the baby here. They sort of want to have it both ways. They want to constantly be building for the future while, same, while simultaneously for the present, trying to compete right, right now. Mm-hmm. And last year it almost worked. They ran into it. They came two games short of winning the whole thing. Right. Uh, while also building for the future and playing a bunch of young kids. Would you – now, they could have kept Blake Snell, could have kept Charlie Morton. Like, okay, let's go for it in 2021 and 2022. But if we do that, then in 23, 24, 25, we may take a dip. We may mm-hmm. lose right. 90 games those right. two years. And we'll sort of have to build up for four years from after that. Yeah. Or you know, are you okay with that? If that means like getting to a World Series, I'm the, I'm a, I mean, obviously, if you win a World Series, everything's worth it. But well, being first, a true first of World all, Series no contender, you know. Yeah. 
Or first don't, of all, don't, no don't, don't it this way, where you're like, yeah, we're giving ourselves a chance every year. Yeah, I think I think first of all, there's no guarantee that even if you say we're going for it, we're keeping everybody, the bands together, um, we're going to give it two years, whatever. There's there's clearly no guarantee because you can't control injuries, you can't control a lot of things. There's no guarantee that 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 will occur. That that you actually you know may, does it give you the best chance? Maybe, but maybe it doesn't. And here's the thing: you want to be a team, in my opinion, that every year people look at the American League East and they go, eh, "We can count out the Rays. We can count them out." Right. Because sooner or later, right, if you don't win the division but you're in the playoffs and you get, you're get you in the AL East and you get in the playoffs, you're going to break through. Now, it's happened twice. It happened in 08. It happened last year. You know, there's a lot of teams in baseball have not been to the World Series twice in 08. A lot of teams. Okay? So I think that if you're the Rays, the goal is to try to put a competitive team that can get into the postseason or win the division every year. And I think that's what they're trying to do. I don't think they forfeit next season because Blake Snell isn't here. And I got another – tell you what, folks, get ready for Kevin Kiermaier to be on his way. As soon as they can find something that, you know, dumps most of his $11 million salary, because I don't think they're going to get value for Kevin Kiermaier in terms of, like, yeah, the kind of prospects they got for Blake now. Snell, um, he's going to be gone too, right? And then everybody will be upset because sure. McDreamy and all that. But and, – and, and the thing about last year, you make it – you know, you make it like, well, last year, okay – well, you know, I don't know that everybody saw Randy a, a, a Rosarina coming along the pike because I got news for you. If he doesn't show up, there is no last year. Right. There is no World Series. There may, hell, there may not even have been a, you know, an American League championship. Yeah, they might have gotten knocked out by the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you never know, right? He was, he was one of the players that they got from the Cardinals. And you think the Cardinals regret that a little bit? A little bit, sure. You know, absolutely. And remember when Tommy Pham was trade was you know I mean, this stuff happens all the time. I mean, I thought they would never win without Tommy Pham last year. I said Tommy Pham was the heart and soul of that baseball team. He was the guts, right? He was the guy. He was man. He was a baller. Sure. He was ready to fight you every day. Well, they didn't have him, and they went to the World Series. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Don't be so quick. And, I, and like I said, I just think that they have earned the right to do it their way. And, you know, oh, by the way, I mean, this Louis Patino guy, if you watch him on the mound, he's got wicked stuff. Fastball changeup guy throws 98. I mean, you know, they needed a catcher. Catching is a problem for them. Oh, they I mean, had one. I believe I, th- I saw Topkin on uh, MLB Network the other yeah. day. I think before they signed Zanino, re signed him. And made this deal here where they picked up two catchers. I think they have one they two, catcher yeah. on the entire forty-man roster. Yes, and it was a guy who's and low, he's not ready. Still he's like leagues, double yeah. A, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they do what they have to do to survive, and and I know why Stu, Stu Sternberg isn't isn't popular, and I also am am not happy with Stu Sternberg as long as he keeps talking about Montreal. I, I I'm not in his camp right now. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but there are some people. I think it's too easy. Because this is just for talk radio, right? Ah, get rid of Sternberg. He's a terrible owner. I can't believe this guy is the worst owner in baseball. Make him sell the team, you know. And I'm like I said, I'm not on Stu's. He didn't get a Christmas card from me this year. Frankly, he's never got one. But I'm, I'm fine with Stu. But I to go go on with your. But, point. but my thing, my thing is, is like that's just you know that's the hot. Oh, I'm outraged. How can they do this kind of guy? 
You know well, what I mean? Could, you know you, what? We could go find we could find another another Vince Namoli if you want to go that way. We, exactly. We could right. do that. Exactly. Because what you know what I know about Stu Sternberg when he took over the ownership team, things got better. A lot that's, better. That's all that to me, that's all that matters. Do you are you giving me give me a team that's doing one of two things, either winning or showing me that they're working towards winning. Right. Right. And the Rays, I, I don't know how you can argue. They've they've put a successful product on the field. And there are a lot of franchises yeah. since 2008, which is basically by the time, you know, Stu, I mean, Stu bought the team, I want to say, what, 2004, 2005, 06, somewhere in there, um, that when they got everything in place by 2008, since 2008, how many franchises out there would trade with the race? They're oh, uh, on field record. A lot, a lot. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I pay half attention to the Pittsburgh Pirate Organization, which yeah. is in the same boat. Oh, uh, yeah. As to raise in terms of payroll and market, and yeah. all that, yeah, and it's a disaster. It's a mm-hmm. mess. Yeah, and it's going to stay that way. And yeah, there are no signs that they're even close to getting better anytime soon. So, right, uh, I, 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 this is how you have to compete. Is it preferable? No. Is it? Uh, give me the other option. Tell me the other option. Because and if you're going to say, well, they need to go out and sign free agent, they're not going to get Mookie bets. They they can't afford Mookie bets. They can't afford. Uh, you know, whatever hot shot free agent is coming, come next coming down. They, Garrett Cole. They couldn't. They couldn't go out and get Garrett Cole. He was unavailable to them. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Blake Snell when he gets his next contract is going to be worth twenty five million dollars a year. They certainly couldn't afford him then. So you better find a guy that you can develop and you know make him a free agent that's worth twenty five million that you can you know take full advantage of for a couple of years until he gets there. So. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One team that does win every year, or so it seems, and they have the Stanley Cup, are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tom, uh, this started out, we talked the last time we chatted, I told you about my uh, my shot in the hip, you know, yes, that whole cortisone right. thing, how much it hurt and all that, and had a doctor say, great, now none of my patients will come in. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I don't know if Cooch got that shot, but he's going to get more. And he's out for the season. I guess they're leaving open the possibility, at least, that maybe he could play in the postseason, that seems I watch. I watch Nikita. I watch Nikita Kucherov, and I'm just here to tell you that guy sees the ice like nobody else. Okay, and you know they have a lot of great players. Maybe they can overcome this. Stamkos isn't what he was. We don't know if he's going to be healthy. We don't know anything about Steven Stamkos. I know they got other guys, you know, um, that can score, obviously, and and then more and more just seem to keep coming up. This, to me, is the difference between a team that can win the Stanley Cup and that can't. I don't see them winning a Stanley Cup without Nikita Kucherov. Am I wrong? It's, it's going to be hard. Uh, I agree with you on that. You can't remove the best player on your team, not only the best player on the team. On the argue. best team. How well, about on the, the best, best player team? on the best? Although, I, I mean, you could make a case Hedman's more valuable to him. But the, well, um, but, but your best offensive player by far and arguably one of the five to ten best players in the National Hockey League. 
You can't right. remove that from your team and not have it impact you. I do think they'll survive the, by the fact that they still have Victor Hedman. They still have Andre Vasilevsky, who's a sensational goalie. And they're in a division that's winnable. They actually they're, got more winnable when they got changed, right? Right. Yeah, with this new division, this new format, I think they're going to be okay. But just making a playoffs isn't what this is about. They're, I mean, right. they're trying to win it. <clears throat> Stanley Cup. And I'm with you on this, that it's going to be really difficult. Here's what else it does, Rick. Yeah, you can look around and say, well, they still got Braden Point. Let's say Stamkos comes back and he's even 80 to 85%. That still makes him better than most of the players in the National Hockey League. And they got uh, Blackman's, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be here for a full year, another full year and be ready to go. And Alex Kalorn showed more scoring touch last year. They got all these guys and and Anthony Sorelli and well, go on down the line. Here's what it does though. When you have an injury to your top player, everybody moves up a slot, which is not always preferable. And that not, now you're assuming nobody else gets hurt. You know, that now your margin of error really goes down where everything has to go. Perfect. When you, if you lose, you can lose Steven Stamkos and with all due respect to Steven Stamkos, he was like their fourth best player last year, Mm -hmm. even when he got hurt behind Point, Hedman, and uh, and Kucherov. But now you're talking about your best player. Everybody moves up a slot. Now, like, okay, say Stamkos gets hurt again. Or say Braden Point misses a yeah. month. And guy, it's hockey. Guys get hurt. Oh, yeah. That's that's where you run into trouble. So it's not so much that you don't. Yeah, they have, as of now, they have the depth. But you lose another yeah. guy. Now you don't have it. Now every now it's now all of a sudden you don't. You need Blake Holman to score 25 or 30. Or, or well, right. out of you know what would be prorated a fifty-six game season, you need him to score yeah. twenty now, twenty-three, twenty-five, whatever. So right, it's yeah, a, that makes I, sense. It's, it's, it's a it's a bad spot to be in, and and they've survived injuries in the past, but this is a big one. You're right, Rick. It's a big one. Yeah, the difference between one uh, A and one B is probably not as much, but between one B and in B <laughs> or C is different. Yeah. Um, one B and two, yeah. Yeah, and, big, no, and number drop. two is a big difference. So the other thing they did is um, they're trading uh, Braden Coburn and uh, Cedric Paquette, um, more of a salary dump, right? Sure. Um, th- these are guys, and they, they trade them for guys that aren't available to play. They're injured. Um, but, it, it, you know, all of this is going to enable them to keep some guys like Alex Kalorn or perhaps Tyler Johnson. So in a weird way, they were looking at having to subtract, you know, they they had salary cap issues, and not that they intended it this way, but they have found ways to maybe keep more of their players, you know, by by losing others. And and I think I think they have guys that are constantly coming up and replenishing their roster anyway that that are ready. Whether it's Mitchell Stevens, I mean, whoever it is, right? The next guy is already here. Yeah, Matthew Josephs needs to. Hopefully, he'll have more of a bounce back season and play the way they expected him to play, but. I think a guy like, like Coburn didn't play a, a ton down at the end here, right? But Rick, he's a he was a he's real a glue veteran guy. Presence. Yeah, yeah, he was a glue guy. Yeah, yeah, he was a glue guy. And I tell you, they're going to miss Seti Paquette. He yeah, Paquette I agree. is a a guts, a heart and guts and soul guy who fights you, fights you, and he's a grinder and will, really well liked. I I get it. You're exactly right, Rick. If they had kept him. It may have meant losing somebody else that you didn't want to lose. So you're gonna. This is what happens. We've talked about this. When you have a champion, particularly in a sport with a salary cap, and guys' contracts start coming up, and you have to keep everybody, uh, all your top tier guys. At some point, you're gonna have to part with some people. That's just that's how it works. But it affects the chemistry. It's there's gonna be a different chemistry 
because you don't have some of these guys. It's, can you replace Cedric Paquette? Yeah, not as easily as you think, though. Uh, I like Cedric mm-hmm. Paquette. I, I like Braden Coburn. Even when those guys aren't playing every night, they're guys that are good to have on your team. And it'll be, it's a shame that they won't be here. It's nice that they want a cup, finally. But Cedric, Cedric Paquette's been here a long time, man. He's been, he goes back to their very first playoff run under Cooper. You, know, it's, you forget yeah. he's been here a really long time. I'm wondering, um, you know, now that they've, you know, made it to the climb the mountain here, um, you know, because you said last year and correctly so, like, and it's hard to believe they did it, you know, going into the season because of what happened in the sweep in Columbus after, you know, having the best record in hockey and all of that, that you said it's all about the cup. None of this matters. The, the regular season, no matter postseason only. Okay. And so now they've done it. Now they have the cup. Okay. What happens now? Um, and it's, you know, here's what people will have to realize every year is different, right? You come right back down to the bottom of the mountain and the team isn't the same. We already just mentioned how they're going to be without Kucherov. They're going to be without Cedric Paquette. No team. This isn't the same team they had on the ice a year ago. Right. Each team has to find its own way. Do you think the hunger will still be there? What happens to teams that are trying to defend a cup versus win it for the first time for their group's first time? I, there's something to that. There's something to having never won before and having that hunger and and maybe winning and becoming a little bit complacent. I also well, think you get everybody's first sh- best shot, don't you? I mean, you're yes. coming into every arena as the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, look, and this is I'm not meaning to, to knock the Lightning necessarily, but I because I, I think this happens to every Cup winner. The Lightning have a bit of a reputation around the National Hockey League as being a little bit arrogant. You know, like we're <laughs> really? a little bit. Does yeah, the guy behind I mean, the bench have anything to do with that? A little bit. I mean, and I, and I like, hey, that's what makes him a great coach. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, it does. You look at, I mean, Joe Madden had that reputation. Right? Oh, he's the smartest guy in the room. He's the smartest guy him. in the room. And I think yeah. John Cooper has a little bit of that. And people would love to knock off John Cooper. And I think that's what makes him a great coach. And, I, you know, and I, I'm a, obviously a, a big fan of his. I think he's a, I think he's the best coach in the NHL. But, I mean, the, the Kucherov and all these guys, there's a little bit yeah. of a swagger about them that people want to knock off. There's also this thing, too, Rick, of they, they've played a lot of hockey again. The, that's why it's hard to repeat, too, is... Yeah, man, you played longer than anybody. You played longer than anybody, and now you're, you had a shorter break than anybody except you for one other You also partied two. harder than anybody after you won the cup. But, Tom, <laughs> but Tom yes. the other thing is there's been more of an offseason this year than most years. That's true. That is true. So I mean, yeah. you know, this uh, what uh, this week will be when, uh, three months since they've won the cup. God, right. it's and, impossible. And normally by that point, you're already starting training camp, and now they're going to start it a couple of days later. So the off season wasn't shorter this year. That's true. Now, but the other teams will have will have had a longer break. Now maybe yes, it gets to a point. No, but but I think you make a good point, Steve. I think there comes a point where. It, it all evens out. Yeah. Like, I mean, initially hard. we thought it was going to try to start December 1st, which would have been a really short off season. Right. And the NBA, I think the NBA had, it was like 71 days or mm-hmm. something of an off season, which was like ridiculously short. Right. But the NHL's off season actually was about a normal off season. Good point. No, that's, that's a good point. And, and I'm not sure that they have teams that were off longer than three months have more of a benefit. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you, once you hit a, once you hit a couple of months now, it's like, okay, right. now, now everybody's rested. But what you so, can't yeah. afford is a slow start with a 56 game schedule. That's true. You know, I, I mean, lightning had a slow that. start last year. Now granted that was different and, right. and, and you know, they weren't coming off a cup win. they were coming off the, the sweep to Columbus and then they were trying to change their style. But, but now they're playing for uh legacy. Now you're playing mm-hmm. for your legacy. Now you're playing for, 
okay, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, will there be a little bit of, and Steve, you've been around, you were around this thing the whole time. There's almost a little bit of like, well, it was COVID. Eh, it was kind of different. You know, was there an asterisk? I don't think there is. But some people might think, well, there's a little bit of an asterisk next to the. I think it was harder. I do too. I mean, I, you know, it was different. And so, you know, if you mean an asterisk means it was different, sure. But to me, it wasn't easier. I mean, you right. had to it come back from a easier, break. But, and, but you, you know, there also, though, was a there also was this sort of like all they had was each other. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the teams that that could kind of handle that isolation, you know, and we yeah. saw the videos of them, you know, playing football or whatever. I mean, they, you kind of you kind of were thrown into I mean, every team had this opportunity. Maybe they just had been together long enough to where they handled it better. I don't know. Well, there was I reports think- that some teams went to the bubble and it was a party. Right. You know, where right. the Lightning were, you know, coming off what happened the year before were determined yeah. to, to make a run or win it, and which they did. Right. But there were reports some teams treated it like, some yeah, we don't really want to be here. We well. don't want to be yeah. here. Right. This season will be really interesting because I think you're really going to have to fight the monotony of the season mm-hmm. because it's 56 games. You're playing the same teams. They, if you look at their schedule, they go to some cities for like five days. Mm-hmm. They play the same team two or three times. Or yep. Two or three times in a row. Like a I, series, yeah. The, well, and, and that's where the slow start, too, is every game's a division game. Right. You know, those, you know, yes. those three-point games and, you know, you're playing the Western Conference. It's always like, yeah, you know, you left a point on the table or, you know, you gave them a point. It's okay. Right. This no is every point matters in this and you have to finish top four in your division. Right, so you go into say you go into to Dallas for a three game series and you get swept. They just picked up six points. Mm-hmm. Six points is a lot of points to jump up on. Saturday, Absolutely, you know. um, and, and it'll be and they're going to have COVID protocols and you know you, you look what the NFL and is going through now where players are missing and you know the Browns had basically no wide receivers the other night or the other day and they end up losing a game. I mean that can happen too. The teams are going to have to be dedicated for a while until other. we get vaccines yeah. and mm-hmm. and, and right. things change in that regard. So. Yeah. I think that's been the case with the NFL, the teams that have committed to each other and then not gone outside, you know, the unit and um they've done NFL the best. baby. We're not every game. We're playing every game. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, got no offensive lineman, no problem, man. Too bad. Cleveland, we got no yeah. wide receivers. Tough. Get out there, play. Oh, really? How about Detroit? You don't have a coach to replace the other coach? Oh, you don't have five coaches? Oh, you need one more day, just one more day, and they all can come? No, you know what? We got this game scheduled oh, for Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday NFL a, Network. I don't know if you guys what, heard. But. Yeah, it's right. It's a big deal. It's our network. So we promised it to everybody. We got lots of promos. You're playing, damn it. That's right. I mean, really, if ever, I mean, I know they're the Lions, but if there's ever been an evidence of like, we don't care, that was the game, right? Like, they needed one day to get their coaches back. I mean, they had guys that had never called a game in their lives. I just want, I'd love to hear how that one got spit out every day, you know? Hey, um, uh, 25 Zebra, Zebra Choice X. You know, streak like wait, wait, um, no, go, let's go. You know, like, you know, like eighty-eight, <laughs> go run out to the ten-yard line, turn <laughs> around, uh, eighty-one, deep. three streaks, go, go deep, go deep, everybody, go deep. That's what you we two guys crisscross. <laughs> yeah, so we always is the old turkey bowl. Everybody, go deep, just yeah, go out. Everybody, I'm going out. I'll just get open. Just get open. I'll throw it. To I'll me. hit you. I like that. I hit you. That's right. <laughs> no, that's you right. won't. What do you mean you'll hit me? <laughs> Hot route, 
Hot rod. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know, know what, what that, that means. means. <laughs> Just run out there. Oh, man. Well, Tommy, what you got going on at uh, pointer.org? Nothing. I'm on vacation still, man. Jeez, why don't I even ask? Hey, and How much vacation part- do you get? Are you that guy? You're like Jim Rome. I get a lot of vacation, so I take a lot of vacation. Well, the Institute shuts down for the holidays, so we're not. Oh, we're the Institute. Is that what we call it now? That's the what we call the Pointer Institute of Media Studies. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just known as the Institute. I'm the sorry. Institute. I'm sorry. I just have to, like, I have to digest that just a little bit. I mean, I, mean, you by, know, I'm, I only work for the Tampa Bay Times, which is I'm, owned by the Institute. By it's the owned by the Institute. We got it. We smoke pipes and sit in rocking chairs. You guys do have brandy. Desks. You do have the brandy and the mahogany desk and the pipes, don't you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And we sit. It's like the old family guy. We look at newspapers all day and just go, hmm. <laughs> clear our, clear you know our what? throats a lot. I happen, I happen to know that that's not that far off because you and I have talked, and it's actually kind of what you do. <laughs> Some days, yeah. Is it, isn't there a balcony overlooking the bay someplace? I'm just saying. Uh, there is. Yes, correct. Yes, okay. <laughs> and there's a library. Right. We do have a library. <laughs> I bet you do have a library. Yeah, we do, yeah. <laughs> In many, With those leather leather bound leather bound books, right? many leather bound books, yes, <laughs> kind of a big deal. All right, well, Tom Jones is kind of a big deal. He's going to join us tomorrow uh, on the uh, on the big show. So, thank you, Tommy. See you then. All right, Tom Jones will be back tomorrow to talk uh, more about the Bucks and their prospects in the postseason and the playoffs. And get your uh, mailbag questions ready. We'll do that later in the week. You can do it by sending them to us uh, online on Twitter. At Sports Day TB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Burstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.